Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Again, we've got a lot of people that are doing so, and uh, it's getting some buzz, so we hope that we're going to see a lot of new faces. Well, welcome to our Easter pre-service. It's Palm Sunday, and so it is such an honor and a privilege to be able to be with you today and just kind of stir our thinking as to what this whole season and what this holiday represents. Obviously, we have those time of years where, uh, uh, times, times of the year where we uh, bring to our remembrance just the things that God has done for us and what He's done for us through Jesus Christ, right? And so today, I want to really dig into this, and, and hopefully it's going to stir you and help open up your eyes and really just make some things become a whole lot more clear and, and, and cause things to be easier when it comes to receiving from God because the things of God and God's promises to you and me have never meant to be hard, but it's been meant to be easy. That's why Jesus came. And so if you recall, we said this, that the first Sunday of the month is always going to be a service where we purpose to invite people to church. That's the agenda. That's the strategy. That's the purpose. And therefore, when we invite people on that first Sunday, we're looking to reach people that have not yet been in church or maybe they're searching. And so we're going to purpose to really minister to them. But we also said that the last Sunday of the month, we're going to minister in the sense that we just want to go deeper. We want to step into some things. We want to just be challenged in the word of God and we want to go deeper in him and 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 my heart is is that we would just be on fire for God amen do you know what I mean when I say on fire for God depending on your background you may not understand what that means I'm just talking about having a passion something stirring on the inside of us where we just can't get enough of God we can't get enough of his presence we just desire to be around his people be in his church be in his presence knowing him and experiencing him and so we're going further this year because The more that we know him, the more that we take on his heart and take on his personality. And so I'm excited for what this looks like. So hold on to your, hold on to your chairs this, this morning and let's go on a journey. All right. Amen. Obviously you see the communion elements behind me. And so we're going to take communion together and it's going to tie in with my message. Obviously you see the message called by his stripes. And so we're just going to purpose to understand what it is that he came to do. All right, so let me just give you a a heads up. There's going to be a number of scriptures that I give you this morning. And so this is really kind of an opportunity for us to teach a little bit more than maybe what we normally do. We're going to look at scriptures to really uh, bring out the point that we're trying to make because in the Bible, scripture always defines scripture. Many times individuals say, well, I don't understand what that means. Excuse me, the Bible will always interpret itself. And so it leaves us with no guessing if we'll purpose to be students of the word of God we'll begin to know the heart of God so if you have your Bibles we're going to look in Hebrews chapter 2 beginning in verse 17 and it says therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren or meaning you and me that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of of the people. So the Bible says that Jesus 
had to become just like you and me. He had to become mortal. Even though he was 100% God, he was 100% man. It's good to know because that means that Jesus knows and has experienced everything that you've ever experienced, right? The Bible says that Jesus experienced temptations just like you and me. Isn't it good to know that Jesus can empathize with the things that we deal with in everyday life? But then it goes on to say this, that Jesus became the propitiation for the sins of the world. Now, that word propitiation, just looking at it at first glance, if we just read over it, we have no understanding of what it means that Jesus became or what propitiation means for the sake of our sins. So as we begin to look up that word, propitiation, this is what it is defined as. It is the atoning sacrifice that holds back the wrath of God that would otherwise be directed at us because of our sinful nature, our worldliness, our lifestyle. So in other words, the Bible says that Jesus became your sacrifice. He became my sacrifice for what our sinful nature was. It goes on to say this, that in regards to that propitiation, propitiation means substitution. Not only was he the sacrifice, the Bible says that he took your place and mine. So in other words, when Jesus went to the cross, the, the, the cross was really your punishment. Not only that, the Bible says that he went to hell on our behalf. That was our punishment, but Jesus became our substitute. Amen. Isn't that good news? I mean, if you're going to have to go to the, 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 the firing wall, the, the, the firing squad, is that what you call it? You're going to have to line up, and then the army is going to be pointing at you, and then they're going to say, one, two, three, shoot. If someone's going to take my place, thank you very much. <laughs> right? And Jesus became our substitute for our sin. But then it also says this, that there was an appeasing or to appease God. So it pleased God and it appeased his wrath or his anger towards us because of our sin. So in other words, God is no longer mad at us. He's no longer angry. He no longer looks at your sin or mine because Jesus became the substitute and it pleased and appeased God. And then lastly, propitiation means reconciliation. So that means that Jesus bridged a gap so that there is no longer sin separating us from God. But he says, I'm paving the way that you can have a relationship with the Heavenly Father once again because ultimately the Bible says that we're his kids. And so it's a family reunion because of what Jesus came to do. First John chapter 2, verse 2 says this, and he himself, speaking of Jesus, is the propitiation or is the sacrifice or is the substitute for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So the worst of the worst and the best of the best, the Bible says that Jesus did it for them. That isn't necessarily comforting when you know that there's bad people in the world, right? That have done horrible things. But we see the example of the cross. There was the two thieves or the two criminals that were on the cross next to Jesus. And the one says, Jesus, will you remember me? And he says, I'll remember you. What was he saying? He says, I'm a sinner. I deserve to be up here. But you, you, you don't deserve this. 
But I acknowledge that you're on the cross as my substitute. Will you remember me? And Jesus says, I will. So this forgiveness belongs to you, to the rapist, to the murderer, to the worst of the worst, to the best of the best. Jesus became the sacrifice for humanity. And as a result of what Jesus came to do, being our substitute, taking our place, and upon receiving Christ and the gift that he gave us through that death, burial, and resurrection, here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... So if you ask Jesus into your heart, if you received that gift of salvation, if you received the, the, the substitution that Jesus did, here's what the Bible says takes place. You are in, in Christ. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then in verse 21, it says, For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him praise God what does that mean the Bible says that Jesus became your sin and mine he became that substitute and upon receiving him the Bible says that the old man that we once was or were were brand spanking new talking about the inward man there's a new thing that took place on the inside You're no longer that old sinful man. You're no longer that person that was. You're brand new. One translation says this, a brand new species of being, one that has not yet been made. Come on, man. Something on the inside takes place that makes you all squeaky clean. Brand spanking new. He's our substitute. And upon receiving Christ, we are that new creation. My nature, my new nature in Christ The Bible says, he's made me righteous. Now, that's one of those words that is really difficult for us to embrace because we think of it as being a religious word. But the Bible says that he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Why is it that we have become righteous? That word righteous simply means in right standing. Meaning before, you were not in right standing. But when you received Christ and the new work took place, when he made you all squeaky clean on the inside, the Bible says that you became righteous or in right standing with God. Let me ask you the question. How many times or how often do you really feel like you're in right standing with God? Half the times we're thinking, oh, dear God, I messed up. Oh, God, I let you down. Oh, God, I'm still struggling with that thing, right? Isn't that how we live this life is is though we're trying to appease God or trying to get over the hurdle. But the Bible says that through Christ Jesus, the Bible says that we are the righteousness or in right standing with God, not because of us, but because of him, right? And so... The right mentality of who we are, who you are, is that God and I, I'm, 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 we're okay. Right? I'm okay with God. But oftentimes what we've been taught and what we've heard in the church is that I'm just this old sinner saved by grace. 
Anybody ever hear that before? You may have even said it. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God for the grace of God because I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You know, that is a lie from the pit of hell. You know why? Because the Bible says you have been made the righteousness of God. You're a new creation. You're no longer a sinner. You're righteous. The old man was the sinner. The new man is the righteous man. Amen. So no wonder we struggle with, with, with people within the church that says, well, praise the Lord. You know, I'm just struggling with addiction. I'm struggling with alcoholism. I'm struggling with pornography. Oh, dear God. You know, I'm just, I'm just an old wretched man, but thank God for the grace of God that I can be saved. Well, it's because we keep identifying with the old man. We keep identifying with the old nature. And because we keep saying, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace, we keep living the life of a sinner saved by grace. Rather than identifying, I'm the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, what about when I make a mistake? Well, when you make a mistake, you might sin. It don't make you a sinner. You've got to know that. You're not perfect, and therefore you're prone to make mistakes. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus paid the price for you to no longer be a sinner. God still sees you as righteous. Isn't that what we do? Oh, God, I messed up again. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. If you ask for forgiveness the last time, the Bible says that God has no memory of it. He forgets it as far as the east is to the west. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I told you I wouldn't do that again, but I did it again. And God's like... Did what again? You know that thing I just said, oh, I'm so sorry, God. I don't have any recollection of what you're talking about. You know, God, I just last night had a moment of weakness. I did it again. He says, I'll remember that last night. He said, but you keep saying again. What's again? You're the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Amen? So the Bible says this, what do you do when you mess up? What do you do when you make a mistake? Because Jesus was the propitiation or the substitute for your sin. All he says you got to do is when you make a mistake is confess your sin. And he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And he forgets it. It did not say that you were no longer righteous. It just says that you've been dirtied up with a little bit of unrighteousness. Come on. So what do I do? God, I'm sorry. Messed it. Messed up. I missed it. He says, all right, we'll clean you from that little bit of unrighteous behavior. Come on. But God still sees you as being in right standing with him. With what Jesus came to do, he came to legally justify you with God. Come on. That's good news. You don't have to walk around with your head hanging down and like, oh, dear God, should I even came to church today? Because, man, this weekend was rough. In spite of what you've done, in spite of the 
mistake that you made, in spite of how you talked on the way into church, you can still walk into church with your shoulders back, chin up. I'm still the righteousness of God because of Jesus. Jesus, you did it for me. You knew that I couldn't be perfect, so you paid the price for me so that I could continually be the righteousness of God. And it's a free gift. I said it's a free gift, this thing called righteousness. But we keep thinking like we've got to earn it. God, if I just do, if I go to church, if I just read my Bible, if I do this, if I do that. No, the Bible says that Jesus became your substitute. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 25. It says, whom God set forth as a propitiation, a substitute, a replacement, an atonement, a sacrifice by his blood. Jesus shed his blood. That was the sacrifice or impart. And then it goes on to say, through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Previously committed. He passes over them. Why? Because the blood has made him clean. Now let me, let me paint a picture for you. The Bible says this. It says, with the heart man believes and confession is made unto salvation. So because Jesus became our substitute, you and I have the ability to receive salvation, right? But it goes on to say that the way that I receive salvation is through my confession or confessing Jesus as Lord, right? That word salvation is not just eternal life. It's protection. It's perseverance. It's, it's uh, provision. It's health and healing. And it is eternal life. So therefore... The substitute that Jesus brought through the shedding of his blood, the Bible says that my confession, I receive Christ, Jesus is Lord. It connects me to the promise of God that made me righteous. Well, when I made a mistake, what was it that connected me to the blood of Jesus that made me righteous in the first place? The Bible says, if you sin, confess with your mouth your sin, and he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So your words, your mouth, your confession is what connects you to the provision of what Jesus came to do. But what do we do with our mouths? Oh, well, praise the Lord, you know, you just, and don't we do that towards one another? Uh, it's real easy to point the finger at somebody else. Well, you know what? You, you said you was going to change. You haven't changed. You're still the same way. You might as well just get saved. I know you keep going to church, but you just might as well just ask Jesus into your heart, you know, just deal with it, right? Because you ain't even acting saved. You ain't even acting like a Christian, right? No, the Bible says, rather than tearing ourselves down, reminding ourselves with our words, tearing others down with our words, the Bible says, use your mouth to tap you in to the provision and the supply and the substitute that made us righteous. So let me kind of bring that into a picture to help us understand. Because the Bible says that the blood of Jesus was the propitiation that made us righteous. So, do you recall your children 
I, I've got little ones, and I'm thinking of my son. Where's, oh, he's downstairs. He's in the little kid's church still. I think of him of oftentimes, you know, uh, when you ask him to wash his hands. And it's interesting when you ask your child to wash their hands. Your idea and their idea are two different things, you know what I mean? But just to paint a picture, I could say my son took a shower or a bath last night. So he woke up this morning being clean, right? But then as he goes and eats breakfast, he has a piece of toast with some strawberry jelly on it, and he gets jelly on his hands, and he's like, oh. Does he have to go take a shower again? Is he unclean to where he has to go take a shower all over again? No, it's just jelly on his hands. So what does he do? He washes his hand, but in his mind of washing hands, he just puts them under the water, right? That's all he's needing to do is, I'm clean, but to finish the unrighteousness is just put it under the water. In that same example, when you make a mistake, what do you do? Jesus said, you're still clean. You just got to put it under the blood. The blood is what caused you to stay clean. Just confess. God, forgive me. I'm sorry. And you put it under. And you're made completely righteous again. Or the unrighteousness is washed off. Amen? So how do we tie that in? Because we're getting ready to take communion in just a few moments. How do we tie that in to what we're doing and what Jesus came to do? If you recall, the Bible says over in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's in chapter 11, the Apostle Paul is reminding them and saying, Jesus said to take communion. He says, there is the bread which represents his body. He says, but the cup represents the blood. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Why do we take communion? Because there's a whole lot of opportunity for you to see yourself as being unrighteous. As I said, it's so easy for us to look at ourselves and say, God, I messed up, I made a mistake, I'm unrighteous. But the Bible says that through the sacrifice and the substitute, I am completely righteous before God. I'm in good standing. So every time I take communion, it reminds me that I'm not an old sinner. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm not just barely getting by with God. No, this cup that represents his blood reminds me of what Jesus came to do. And I no longer have to see myself as the dirty old sinner, but the man that's made free, the woman that's three, free through the blood of Jesus. Amen? But in addition to that, recognizing the blood or the propitiation that made us righteous there was a second component to it. And he says, there's the bread, which represents my body that was broken. My body was broken for yours. It was part of the substitute. Now, let's just 
pause for just a moment. As I said, it's really difficult for us to understand this place of righteousness with God or right standing. But let's just say tomorrow you go shopping for a vehicle and you've got your eye on a vehicle and it's $40,000 and you start talking to the salesman and for whatever reason the salesman just really likes you and he says, you know what, I've never done this before. He said, but man, I just really like you people. He says, I'm going to give you 25% off. I know it's $40,000, but I'm going to knock $25,000 off just because it's my commission. Go ahead, and I'm just going to bless you. That's $10,000 off the vehicle price. What would you say if he said, I'm going to knock 25% off? Whoo! Thank you! Wow! That is awesome! And then the owner comes by, and he says, you know, I heard my salesman telling you 25% off. And he says, and I've been listening to your conversation the whole time. And man, I just really like you guys too. I've never done this before. But I'm going to add another 25% to that. I'm knocking 50% off. That's $20,000 off the vehicle price. How would you act? <laughs> 50%? That's pretty good. And that's how we approach God. God, I'm okay with 25%. God, 50% would be good. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't come just to give you 25%, 50% off, 75%. He says, I'm coming to take the full penalty of your sin. 100%. You don't have to carry 75% of it, 50% of it, 25% of it. I'm carrying it all. You're free. And when I look at you and when the Father sees you, he sees me and therefore he sees you in right standing, not that unrighteous stuff. He sees you being completely free because of my blood. Amen? He says, but there's this element about my body that was broken. If I don't have to see myself as the old sinner any longer, then I've got to choose to see myself as the new man. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says this, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. You just saw two things that we talked about. We've died to sins because of the substitute. And we live because we're made righteous. Now notice these next words. By whose stripes you were healed. What does that mean? Jesus shed his blood to take care of your sin. But Jesus also said, I allowed my body to be broken so yours doesn't have to be anymore. I shed my blood for your sin and I took stripes upon my back that you may be healed. Isaiah 53 verses 4 through 6. In the Amplified it says this. But in fact, he who bore our griefs. Now see, here's the thing. We stop and we say, wait a minute now. We're just talking about spiritual things here. Okay, let's read it as, as it is. Jesus, when he took our stripes, 
says he bore our griefs. Have you ever been full of grief before? Worry? Concern? Cares? What do you do? You identify yourself with the grief. If I don't have to identify myself as the old sinner, and if Jesus bore my grief, then I don't have to identify myself as the person that's struggling, right? That's worried. That's full of care. That's depressed. Because he, he bore it. He carried it. It says, and then he carried our sorrows, our pains, yet we ignorantly assumed that he was stricken and struck down by God and, and, and uh, degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, our sins, our injustice, our wrongdoings. The punishment, the requi- that the punishment required for our well-being fell on him. And by his stripes, his wounds, we are healed. But I'm feeling some pain right now. Yeah, that's just the symptoms. That's things coming against your body. I get it. I'm extremely depressed right now. I I get it. That's the thing that's coming to try to get you to hook up with and agree with. But Jesus said, I've already paid the price. I was your substitute. You keep saying... You're sick. You keep saying you don't feel good. You keep saying you're losing your mind. You keep saying you're, 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 you're going to die before you know it. He says, change what you say. Quit identifying with that part of your man, but identify with the substitute that I made for you. Verse 6. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own ways. But the Lord has caused the wickedness of us all, our sins, our injustice, our wrongdoings, to fall on Him instead of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul is acknowledging what Jesus did in partaking of communion, he makes this statement. He says, Many neglect and don't understand the power of what Jesus came to do. And because they don't acknowledge it or esteem it, many are sick and dying before their time. He says, but I'm admonishing you and helping you understand that when you partake of communion, you identify what Jesus did is in your substitute. So as we partake of communion... We're going to celebrate in the wonderful miracle that Jesus came to do to be our substitute. And in just a moment, there's going to be this moment where the the, the ushers are passing out the elements. I want you just to begin to identify those thoughts. How have I been feeling unworthy? You acknowledge those hurts, those pains, that sickness that you've been dealing with. Maybe the the depression in your mind. Let's identify where we've been. But when we start to take communion, let's remind ourselves of what Jesus did so that we can see ourselves in right standing. Gentlemen,
Come on forward, please. guys let's go ahead and pass them out just as they're playing let's just put ourselves in that place of receiving oh thank you father praise your name I worship you thank you Lord we magnify your name we worship you We thank you for the blood. We thank you for your body that was broken for us. You were the sacrifice. You took our place and made us right with God. Oh, we're free today. And it's here to stay. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for the sacrifice. We thank you for your blood. We thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Father God. We thank you that we're free, oh, we're free indeed, for the Son set us free, oh, we magnify you, Lord. Depression has to go, sickness has to leave, because we've been bought with a price. Oh, thank you for your body that was broken. We thank you that you set us free. Oh, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for your anointing, Father. We worship you, Father. Glory to God. We thank you, Father, that heavy hearts that have been carrying so much baggage so much grief that you're lifting that burden right now. Oh, yeah, go ahead and set them down there, guys. Go ahead and take those. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Praise your name. Can we just stand as a, just in reverence towards God? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't want to leave this opportunity without somebody that may not know Jesus to come into a no-so experience. If you're here right now in this place and you're, you're saying, you know, I've always wanted to receive Jesus I know that I need to. 
I want to. But I got all this baggage of the things that I've done, the things that I continue to do. And I keep putting it off until I get things situated at just a place to where I know that I can make the right decision. But friend, that's the whole reason why you need Jesus and why He came to take the place of your, of your sin. Because you don't have to qualify. You don't have to be just so or just right. It's just a matter of saying, God, accept me for how I am and for who I am. And I ask you to come into my heart. So if that's you today and you say, I know that I need Jesus and I want to. Listen, there is nothing that is hindering you from receiving his love right now. So together, can we just do that? Just to make that committal prayer. Those that have never received Christ or want to, you can do it as we pray right now. And it's that simple. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be my replacement. To pay the price for my sin. I didn't deserve it. I could never pay for it. But you did it for me. You love me. And so I ask you now to forgive me of my sins. I invite you into my life and into my heart. And right now, make me clean, make me righteous. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Just that easy. If you've never prayed that prayer before, we want to say welcome to the family. And you're just like all of us, mistakes and all. We have a believer's pack as you leave. If you want to grab that, we'll help you just in this journey with God. But now that we're all in the family of God, we can partake of the communion and just really celebrate the miracle of it. Jesus said, this is my body that was broken or it represents it. And so because Jesus took your place, we can partake and acknowledge the freedom and the healing for our own lives. Amen? Let's break and partake. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, I want you to do something with me. This might be a little bit out of your comfort zone because of maybe just how you've been taught, what you've thought. But I want you to say this with me right now. God, thank you for Jesus, that his body was broken, so mine don't have to. So I acknowledge, not as the old man, I do not acknowledge Sickness and disease, pain, depression, or any other thing that would be affecting my body. I acknowledge, Jesus, you're my substitute. So therefore, I declare that I am healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, inside and out. Completely whole, in Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Now listen, you might say, but I still have some stuff going on. It's just stuff. But Jesus said, in the midst of the stuff, you can wash it, put it under the blood, because my body was broken for you. See yourself being well and healthy and whole. Amen. And lastly, he says, this is my blood of the new covenant. Take and remember. You're righteous with God. Right now. Everything about you. God says, you're in right standing with me. Let's partake together in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you for it, Lord. Now let's make this declaration. God, I thank you for your blood. That was shed for me. It covers my past. It covers my present. And it covers my future. I may make mistakes. But it doesn't make me not having right standing with you. I am in right standing with you. Because of the blood. And I thank you for it now. I'm not a sinner. I am righteous. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life